You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I feel like I can go, okay, I don't know what I don't know. And I have to keep that beginner's mindset so I can be aware of the new things I need to learn, the new things I do need to be aware of, but I have the confidence and the trust to know I'm going to figure out whatever comes my way. If there is a new thing coming that I wasn't expecting, I trust my ability to problem solve. I trust my ability to build relationships and make connections with other people in order to get around whatever it is that we need to get around. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. I actually want to start off by acknowledging that this podcast is recorded on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, Nantigua people native to this area known as Maryland. So today's conversation, okay, uh, we are discussing beginner's mindset. And this conversation, I Y'all, I, I had some questions. I, I ditched most of them. I didn't even use most of them because it went exactly where it needed to go. And I loved the storytelling of it. I loved the vulnerability of it. I loved the honesty of it. And it just, it it felt great. And I really loved the fact that we gave some great perspectives to to think about, you know, considering that you don't know what you don't know, but also the fact of like, hey, you know, don't feel despondent that, oh shit, we know nothing. We'll never know anything. It's really just about the being open to the journey and the experience and and what, you know, can unfold if you allow it to happen. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing. And it really was just kind of sharing what our experiences have been. This isn't everyone's experience, um, but that's a part of reconsidering your normal, being able to understand that there are realities that may not mirror your own. And so being able to kind of take those in and being able to receive the parts that are for you, putting the ones that are for later aside and allowing the rest to kind of, you know, go on its way until, you know, maybe you meet again or not. And so I loved being able to have this conversation with Parker Stevenson. Parker, first of all, is awesome. We've worked with Parker. Indy and I um, here at Pause and a Play have done some work with uh, Parker and his partner, Corey, over at Evolve Finance. But this conversation was one that just 
I couldn't have asked for better. So I'm tell you a little bit about, about Parker and I really want y'all to hear this. So Parker is the chief business officer at Evolve Finance, a bookkeeping firm that specializes in helping online entrepreneurs to build more profitable and financially stable online businesses. For over seven years, Parker has been advising some of the top coaches, course creators, influencers, and thought leaders on how to make more sound business decisions using their financial data. Before joining Evolve Finance, Parker spent five years at Adidas America, where he became the U.S. product manager for golf footwear. Uh, again, the conversation took on like just a great just energy of its own. And it really just felt like such a pertinent reminder of the fact that, you know, one of the most important things, if you're considering brand visibility, if you're really just kind of evaluating your imperfect allyship efforts, you know, your mindset is going to show up and having that beginner's mindset really is going to make a difference. And that is just really being open to what's possible and not assuming I know all I'm going to know and I am the expert and that's it. And this is one of the things that honestly is a focal point um, inside of, you know, pause on the place community because our community really does uh, come with the approach that we're all beginners. We're always learning. And so being able to kind of maintain that type of beginner's mindset energy, it's just so important because the reality is, is there's always something valuable that each and every one of us has to contribute. And there's always something valuable that each and every one of us has that we can learn. And so being able to be open to, to receive in that way, to learn, to unlearn, and to just really allow the experience to be experienced. There's so much beauty in doing that, especially when you can do it in community with others. So if you would like to be able to experience some of that, this is where you can join today. You can go on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community. You can become a member and be able to even follow up some of the things that you pulled from this conversation today in conversation with others inside the room. So without further ado, let's get into it. All righty. Hello, Parker. How are you? Erica, I'm doing very well. <laughs> it's great to be here. It's funny because I, I think I lost track of how long we talked. It had to be like 15, 20 minutes before I'd even hit record because why the hell not? And life was lifing and it's like, yeah, let's just catch up as humans. So for being a part of just our kind of circle of awesome folks and for being willing to come here and talk to me. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Of course. I feel like the first 15, 20 minutes we could have done a really bad real estate podcast about <laughs> from yes. two people who don't really know anything about real estate and their real estate experiences. And I'm sure it would be uninformative, but very entertaining. Oh my gosh. The interesting thing is at some point I probably do need to do an episode with someone in real estate because there were things that as now being a, a first time home buyer, um, or like all by myself, not with anyone else. This is my home, but I didn't know. And being a um, self-employed individual just gave a whole nother set of stuff to it. So I, actually think if anybody listening like you want to have that conversation by all means i i, I have someone for you after Ooh. the podcast i i know exactly the duo to talk real estate with so all I, right I, I got you set you're good to go see I there we go covered. asking ye shall receive i'm here for it 
All right. So let's actually just start. Is there anything that you would like to tell the people about yourself? They've already heard your bio, but is there anything as a human that you want to tell them about who Parker is? Parker's new dad, been at it about a year and a half, just trying to figure out life with a very rambunctious roommate who uh, (laughs) doesn't let us sleep, but is a whole lot of fun. Um, and yeah, just out here in Southern California, someone who never thought he'd be in finance, never thought, um, I'd be dealing with accounting and numbers and small business, but I love, love the path I'm on, even though 21 year old Parker would have been like, are you kidding me? That's what I'm going to do. I'm out. There's no way that's going to be fun, <laughs> but here I am doing podcasts and talking about it. So it worked out all right. Facts. I think all of us, if we were to kind of go back 20 years ago and be like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Excuse me, say what? I'm going to do what? Mm-hmm. Who said? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? Somebody lied. That's not, what's <laughs> That's not what's happening. And so interestingly enough, that goes right into what I wanted to dig into you with, which is a beginner's mindset. And mm-hmm. I think that it's something that, you know, here at Pause on the Play, as well as, you know, in Pause on the Play, you know, the community aspect of it. It's so important to be willing to have that beginner's mindset consistently. And so I actually would love for you to just kind of kick this off by sharing what it is that a be- having a beginner's mindset, like what does that mean to you? It's kind of like, it's, it's a reminder, right? No matter how much we become experts or lean into the, the ego side of whatever it is we're good at. Because it does feel good to be good at something and to feel like we really know something, but to reconnect with the fact that I don't really know everything, not letting your ego sort of take you to places that could actually start to, um, I think in some ways, limit opportunity, uh, limit connection uh, with, with others, whether it's you know, customers or clients or friends and family, whatever, you know, whatever context you're sort of thinking about uh, that beginner's mindset. Um, But as someone, especially for me, who really enjoys knowing something, really enjoys getting into the details and then the nitty gritty of, of something I know a lot about, like online business finance and bookkeeping and business strategy, I think what's, what's made at least our company successful is remembering what it's like to be a a beginner, remembering what it's like to have that vulnerability and that um, sometimes helplessness that comes from like, I don't know what's going on here. And I think not only does that reminder about that beginner's mindset allow us to be really good at what we do for our clients, it also allows us to sort of keep that ego in check and figure out where there's areas where we can still learn, we can still grow, uh, which I think is something that a lot of people can fall into that trap thinking, oh, I know enough, I'm good, I got it. And then just kind of sit on their laurels, so to speak. So, of course, I have to acknowledge the proverbial elephant in the room in that in you addressing this as a white man in America, Mm -hmm. that's not always common. (laughs) It is often that white men and the archetype of a white man in America is like, oh, I know. I am the expert. I completely understand. I have arrived. I you need to know from me. And there's this very, you know, I am the end all be all for all of these things. Mm -hmm. And to have you having this conversation and being like, 
yeah, I, I don't know at all. And ha- kind of having that approach actually isn't helpful. That's I mean, the thing. No, I, I agree. And I think I still fall prey to to that of feeling like I know everything. The older I get, the more I'm like, I've lived 40 years. Like I know some, I know some shit, right? Like, right. but it's, it's, it's interesting. I, when I graduated college and I went to a private Catholic university, strangely enough, but got really into Buddhism afterwards mm. and was reading a lot of um, Eastern philosophy. And the, the idea of a beginner's mindset at that point uh, was a big part of some of the, the Buddhist teachings that I, I was sort of exploring and that I don't know why, but it just struck a nerve with me. I don't know if it's because I knew subconsciously I could be a very ego-driven person if I let myself go down that path, as I think right. a lot of us could be. Um, but that for whatever reason, that that sort of idea really resonated uh, with me because I could see how it was a trap, but I could also see how when we allow ourselves to be like, I don't always know everything, how much it, it allows others to help you, how much it helps. Um, I mean, really, it's selfish because when you say, I don't know, and you allow other people to sort of come in and fill in your knowledge gaps and, right. and bring different perspectives, whether you're running a business or a house, your family's household or uh, your relationships with the people around you, like I think that's when magical things start to happen. Well, I think at that point, you're really inviting that opportunity for that concept of interdependence of like, I'm here for you, you're here for me, and neither one of us can really do this on our own. Totally. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I I can't remember which uh, personal assessment I, I did. I think it was maybe strengths finder or, or one of those, but, but connection with other people is a really important value for, Mm -hmm. for me individually. And I, I definitely think that that beginner's mindset really kind of scratches that itch because I, I like, I don't mind relying on other people. I, I like collaborating with other people. And I think most entrepreneurs are on some sort of personal growth um, journey running a business. I, I think it's sort of inevitable. And, uh, and I think my personal growth and, and development has amplified because of all aspects of how I've used that beginner's mindset throughout my life. Well, first of all, I want to just acknowledge the thing that you just said and that those of us that are entrepreneurs, um, you know, you're a solopreneur, like you own your own business. There is absolutely something there, some type of journey that you are going on, that you have chosen to deviate off of the path of simply just let me get a job somewhere and that's it. And that's mm-hmm. not to say that that's bad because I've been there too. And there are times that I'm like, yeah, I kind of miss just going to work yeah. and being done when I get off. Cause that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> However, there, there's a lot of awareness that you're going through. There's a lot of unpacking that's happening. There's a lot of uh, examining of your mindsets and the way that you communicate, the way that you partner with people. Uh, are, are you communicating clearly for those that you are supporting or that are part of your team? There's a lot of other pieces that come up. And I feel like so often, you know, that doesn't get brought up as like, hey, if you're going to own your own business, just so you know, you're going to do some self-help stuff here. This uh, is going to happen. Absolutely. Well, and this kind of brings me to the the thought, like just, just having this conversation makes me think about um, what I think America 
in general, thinks leadership is. Oh, yes, please. And I think there's still a lot of people, especially white males, which I've had as I've had many bosses who fit that description in, in my past corporate life. And I think leadership to a lot of people means having all the answers and knowing all the things. Yes. And there is a fear that if I'm not constantly showing that I'm in control and I know what's happening and I'm calling all the shots, then I won't earn respect or, or my team won't listen to me or I'm somehow going to lose my job and everyone's going to realize I'm a fraud and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And I think a lot of the, you know, we did the leadership work we've done with you in India as well as um, another amazing leadership coach, David Barry, that my business partner, Corey, and I did some work on. Um, we, we've really, really understood that leadership doesn't mean knowing all the things, having all the answers. It also means being vulnerable. It also means leaning on other people and asking for support. Mm-hmm. So I think because we've sort of unpacked some of those ideas of like, well, what does it really mean to be a leader? Um, letting go of the idea of like, I have to be the one in control and deciding all the things, at least for me personally, has really allowed me again to lean into that beginner's mindset because I don't have um, – maybe the insecurity that can come from like maybe working in, as a leader in a larger organization of does everyone think I don't know what I'm talking about now and now I need to right. force things to happen because um, I don't want people to know that I don't know all the things all the time. That, well, and the and the forcing, like you think you're forcing and all you're doing is trying to push a square peg in a round hole. Like it just doesn't work. And I think that what I'm, what I'm kind of hearing you say is that, you know, and I know like the work that you've done with India and I with, you know, any of this diversity, equity and inclusion work really does require you to approach it from that perspective. And having that understanding that anything that you've done, whether it's to work with me or with, you know, in India or anybody, understanding that you really do need to approach it with that beginner's mindset, because any of the learning or unlearning or deprogramming or decolonizing that has to happen it doesn't happen if you are shut off or assume that you already know. Easier said than done though, right? Yes, 100%. Well, 100%. then with, with some of the other people you've worked with, I'm kind of curious about um, what do you see as kind of the opposite of that beginner's mindset or what do you see get in the, in the way? Because for me, I, I've kind of, I think I've sort of mentioned, I think ego gets in a lot of the way, but is there something... Mm-hmm else for you that you've seen or noticed or just thought about that would maybe stop someone from keeping like that beginner's mindset open? I mean, ego is a huge one because the ego really is, is housing multiple challenges because it's bringing up that fear of being wrong because it's not just being wrong now. It's like, have I always been wrong? How many times have I been wrong? You know, you know, how, how have I gotten this far? And, and been wrong about so many things. And so it can cause people to have fraudy feelings show up. It mm. can cause people to have, you know, what we're told imposter syndrome is, which is like, oh, you're trying to become something that you're not or you can't, as opposed to the way that I frame it, which is that you're letting go of the imposter by no longer being that anymore. But there's very much this questioning of, of self, of like, well, what does that mean about me? You know, what does that mean about, my family and how I was taught. 
uh, or, you know, the community I came from, how I was ingrained to think and feel and be. And there's this fear of the unknown because we're clearly trying to put in different programming, but there isn't necessarily a clear understanding of what it is other than, you know, I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but don't be fucking racist. Like, don't, like, but, but that's easier said than done to just be like, great, we'll just take the racism out and we'll just put not racist in here or, or we'll, we'll put, you know, racism free in here. And so I think the minute that you're basically having somebody take parts of themselves out, they're not quite sure what that means for the entire picture. They're not sure what that means going forward. And I think fear can just be such a huge motivator to not do this work or to not have a beginner's mindset because it's fear of the unknown. It's not even, at some point, it's not even fear of being wrong. It's fear of, I don't know anything if I don't know. I literally just thought fear of the unknown and you said it at the exact same time. I felt like we just mind melted there. <laughs> Um, because I, I think that is, oh man, I don't know how much we're going to philosophize here, but I, I I feel like that is such a driving factor Mm -hmm. behind so much of culture and society, whatever culture and society you are sort of participating in, um, the fear of the unknown, even getting into the spiritual realm, what happens when you die, like all these things factor in to the decisions we make, the way we uh, shape our society and culture, and when we when we feel like we know things, then the unknown feels a little less scary, which I think is a big driving factor behind religion, right? Like when we yes. feel like we know something, no, even if we don't really know, if we can convince right. ourselves we do know, then we can relax around that a little bit. And I completely understand that. Um, I'm debating on how much I want to share this um, with with the audience about my personal journey because I don't talk a lot about myself on podcasts. But I think for me, I grew up I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. and when I went to a Catholic university, I went to Loyola Marymount in in LA. I ended up kind of studying history, studying philosophy, expanded my worldview a lot. That I I questioned my faith and questioned. Um, the Catholic church as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so I went through a lot of stress and anxiety. Well, I was already stressed and anxious about being Catholic because you feel guilty about everything when you grow up Catholic, but Mm -hmm. also starting to see a bigger picture of what the world is and questioning things and going, Oh, maybe what my religion taught me the world is, isn't really it. Maybe what I thought the systems we have in place as a society, maybe those aren't what I thought they were and questioning those things. Um, the, the sort of maybe more punk rock and um, rebellious side of me said, let's dive into that and start to question things. Questioning is also a major value for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was that tremendous fear of going, oh shit, do I do I not know anything then? Like, dude, right. did I did I have this image of what I thought the world was and what I thought even just like as deep as human existence is? And now I don't think any of those things. Like I'm completely rethinking those things. And right. now that I'm on the other side, 
of sort of that journey for myself, I feel so grateful that I went through that difficult process, but it is really, really scary um, while you're going through that to sort of take the foundation out from under yourself and go, I and just say, I don't know what I thought I knew. And I have to sort of rediscover this and stay open to it. And I, because I've gone through it, I go, well, I did it. Anyone, you know, anyone should be able to do it. But looking back at that, I think sometimes I underestimate how truly scary it is to say, I don't know shit. And I have to be open and willing to taking new input in to reshape that. So first of all, I want to just go back to the fact that you weren't even sure that you wanted to share, but you did. So thank you. And I know that it's not always easy when those, you know, prickly or challenging or just kind of jagged edge pieces of our experience come up. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you, because you didn't have to. And I think that that fear and acknowledging that, yes, it was hard and I'm glad I did it. I think that that's that's a, a, a pertinent statement. And to acknowledge that if you think if you think back college age, that 18 to, to 22 ish time frame, that's when you probably are. I'm going to say maybe the most risk tolerant. I agree. When you get older, it's like, eh, that doesn't sound like a good choice. 18, you're like, do it. <laughs> <laughs> you might have anxiety and stress around it, but you're a whole lot more likely to to take the plunge than the older you get. Like there are risks that I did then that I wouldn't do now. But also I'll acknowledge that I am at the age that I had the benefit of plausible deniability. Facebook did not catalog all I did. So mm. I, who did it? I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But there's, can you imagine having had to, go through that type of undoing at this age. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, it's, you have a mortgage, you have a family. Like I get that, like starting to rethink what you think the world is, who you think you are from that place is terrifying. But I can also look back at who I was as an adolescent and, and before I even got to college and I, I can see I could have locked in a lot of this is how the world works. This is who I am. Ignore everything else. Like I can really acknowledge that that could have been a path for me. And so again, that's where when I look back at it, I'm so grateful I did, but I can also scare myself to go. It would have been easier in a lot of ways, but I also get scared about who I would have been today if I hadn't gone through this pro, this this sort of journey, discovery process, again, kind of that beginner's mindset, questioning um, who I was, how I related to the world, what I thought the world was as a whole, that um, I'm grateful that for that because I think I could have been a very different person leaning into these security blankets that I think we sometimes create for ourselves in our lives uh, and and would have closed me off to a lot of the growth that I think I've experienced in the last 20 years or so. I think that, yes, you know, there's that point of, you know, risk tolerance or just the amount of things that are a part of you calculating the risk. Do you feel a little different, you know, getting older, which I'm just a couple years older than you. So I get it. If 43 is very different than it was at 20. And there is also a level of, of wisdom and I've, I've lived and done a few things that 
does help with the processing of things and the getting rid of what doesn't serve me or anyone around me anymore. And the understanding that, you know, hey, this worked until it didn't. And now it's time to consider some other options that I think is sometimes a little bit more challenging when you're younger. The more you've lived some life and, and seen some things and done some things, it does open you up. And if you are able to embrace that beginner's mindset of, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And so therefore, you know, let's go for this ride and see what happens. There is a beauty of just being like, shit, what I got to lose. Oh, absolutely. Well, and if we tie this back into, into business as well, I mean, cause how long, how long have you been a business owner, Erica, at this point? I have been a business owner now for about, let's see, what, about eight, 18, 18-ish years maybe? So think, of, so think about 18 years ago, how much you knew about business. Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not a damn thing. When that, I first started, and it wasn't even really a business. It was just, oh, you want me to do something and you want to pay me money for that service. That's awesome. That was not a business. Yeah, that was, was a transaction. Just, yeah, exactly. But when you start a business, I don't, I mean, I don't really, I, I've talked to so many online business owners over my last eight years since I, I got involved at Evolve Finance and got in, left the corporate world. And I don't know anyone who started their business and was like, I've got this all figured out and I know, I know what needs to be done. You know, I know how the finance stuff works. I know how the leadership stuff works. I know how the marketing stuff works. Mm-mm. Everyone goes into it going, I at least know I have something to offer people. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. else, I just got to figure out as I go along. Yep. And so I don't know if there's, not that I can think of off the top of my head, very many endeavors in life that will humble you and force you to have that beginner's mindset than starting a business. Uh, other than that, honestly, there's two things that come to mind. One is partnering with somebody. Oh. That's getting married or being in a long-term relationship. 100%. <laughs> the other is being either um, a parent or just influential and a part of um, you know rearing and raising and supporting a child growing mm-hmm. up. You don't know anything. <laughs> you think you, like it goes back to the real world. You think you know, but you have no idea. You don't know. You know nothing. And whatever you think you learned from somebody else or reading a book or watching the show or whatever, good luck if you think that that's going to necessarily be the textbook of how your experience goes. There's the emotional component uh, to growing a business that. Yeah, yeah, I I think you're right, Eric. You just can't. Just, it's like the emotional component of being in a partnership, raising a kid. You can read books about it. You can understand conceptually what it's about, but you don't really know how you're going to respond emotionally to the situations that come up from those experiences. And I think we can all go, yeah, having a kid's going to be emotional. Yeah, being in a long term relationship is going to be emotional. Um, but in a business, we think we're going to just do the things. And then the business will happen and I will have zero emotional response to it because it's just transactions and it's just business. Um, but uh, that's the piece where, especially as your business starts to grow and you start to make money and you start to have something that's bigger than just yourself doing some work, right. um, that you can't really predict 
how you're going to respond and react emotionally and how that's going to come through in terms of your responses and actions that that beginner's mindset is so important because I've seen a lot of business owners who, again, hold on to the idea that they think they know how something should be um, because they're trying to guard and protect their emotions. Um, In reality, we have to kind of like Again, acknowledge that we're humans, acknowledge that we are going to have emotional responses and acknowledge that we're not exactly going to know how we're going to respond emotionally when we're experiencing so many things for the first time as business owners that we never did in our our past careers. Well, and the reality is, is that we have to consider the fact that we all have money stories. We all have stories of worth. We all have stories of how you earn money and what it is to to work hard and, you know, compensation and all of these things that come up. And all of our stories are different mm-hmm. and they will decide to to pop up and ask you to whack a mole the hell out of them at the most inopportune of times. And if nothing else, if we just distill it down to the fact that when you work for yourself in any capacity, you have to be willing to revisit a beginner's mindset, particularly when it comes to earning and your money in order to not lose your sanity. So let me ask you then something, Eric. I'm curious, and, and maybe this is uh, too tough of a question to ask someone directly on the spot. But when you come across something in your business that you're sort of experiencing for the first time, hmm do you have an awareness of maybe how you handle those types of situations now versus maybe how you would have 10 or 15 years ago? Yes. Um, 10 or 15 years ago, there was a lot more force of like, make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of a random. Okay. When I first, the thing that I tell people when they first start a business, if if they're like, you know, I don't know what my first kind of higher or big investment would be. And this is, this is not a plug. I'm not even saying this because of, you know, how much India and I enjoy you and Corey or Evolve Finance. But honestly, I'm like a bookkeeper, somebody to do your money, mm-hmm. get the hell out of it. Because that is the thing that probably was the biggest hindrance and growth edge, I think, for me. Because there was a lot of fear around allowing somebody else to control it. There was fear of knowing what the the truth was around it. So I allowed certain things to not be clear. And so if it wasn't great, I didn't know. But if it was great, I also didn't, you know, kind of plan accordingly or acknowledge like, hey, this is fucking great. And, you know, using that as the example, now it's more like, okay, if I'm, you know, up leveling and I'm going from this level to this level, let's look at what the tangible is, but let's also acknowledge that team and planning and what the sales item is and what are your sales cycles and how you're going to market. Those things are great, but I also have enough awareness now that the more, you know, kind of spiritual side of me is thoroughly aware that if I don't have the capacity to hold this money, And to think that I'm worthy of it, I'm not going to receive it. Mm -hmm. And so now it's more like I can't think my way through it, which was something that I would have tried to force myself to do. That doesn't mean that I don't still try to think my way through stuff because thinking is is the easy default. It's the way to not be present. Let me go back into my brain 
and not be in my body and feel whatever the emotions are. But the reality is, is that I understand that the overthinking or the forcing or the pressure comes from a place also of a, of, of a false assumption that I know how to figure this out. I just have to figure it out. No. And I don't. What? I don't know everything. <laughs> I have to give myself that space to be like, ah, I might not know. I might have to ask for some help or I might have to be willing to experiment and figure it out. Couldn't have said that any better because that's, I think that's something that with this conversation, you know, we're having right now and the fact other people are going to be listening to it. I don't, I don't want everyone to come across or walk away from this conversation going, cool, we know nothing and we're all screwed, right? Like, <laughs> no. But I do think for, for me, and, and this is whatever, for whatever reason, whether it was my upbringing or work I've done on myself is I feel like I can go, okay, I don't know what I don't know. And I have to keep that beginner's mindset so I can be aware of the new things I need to learn, the new things I do need to be aware of, but I have the confidence and the trust to know I'm going to figure out whatever comes my way. If there is a new thing coming that I wasn't expecting, I trust my ability to problem solve. I trust my ability to build relationships and make connections with other people in order to get around whatever it is that we need to get around. And I think that's the one thing I would say for anybody listening is sometimes that just takes experience. I think sometimes you just right. got to get reps out there to build that self-confidence. And and I think there's not a whole lot of replacement for that. But I, I feel like so many of the clients because I've seen behind the scenes of so many business owners um, and everything and, and just have these very vulnerable conversations about everything related to how they're spending money in their business and how they, they shape their business. And nobody's perfect. Nobody has it all figured out. But there's that trust that, like you just said, Erica, like going to figure it out. Like I might not know now, but I will eventually and I am going to get this problem solved so I can continue to move forward. That part. And I think that that trust that somehow it will work out that isn't tangible and you can't wrap your head around it being something that you can 100% know is there. It's a certain amount of of faith. It's a certain amount of just kind of, you know, I'm going to move forward. And I don't know if the path is still there, but a path will be there and we'll figure it out. And it's, it's number one, I want to acknowledge that everyone does not have access to feeling safe and comfortable enough in their own skin or their life at, at, at certain times or sometimes all times to have that trust. So I want to yep. acknowledge that it's a privilege totally. to have that. And when you are able to, even in the tough moments be able to truly reflect and be like, wait, even if this is hard, even if I don't know what's going to happen, somehow it will figure itself out. Somehow this will work out in a way that is lining up with the experience that I'm having, the lessons that I'm uncovering, the, 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 the growth edge that I'm on at this moment, and it will, it will get there. And it's being able to kind of have that happen and being able to release a little bit. Because one thing that I think I've heard consistently from you, and I will say it's absolutely true for me, is that the tighter I grasped something, the more it didn't work. And so being able to allow things to kind of do what they do. Now, that doesn't mean that you just go passive and you're not an active participant. But I think there's a 
difference in being an active participant and taking a part of the journey and forcing the journey to work in the specific way that you have determined it must work or else it is wrong in that moment, in that situation. Easier said than done, but it is. It is. It's not easy. It it, it is like one of those universal truths, right? Right. Like that I was just talking uh, with one of our, our team members today about how we both are people that like to control as much as we can because the unknown is scary going back to you know again my mm-hmm. my personal journey and sometimes you just need a reminder that it's okay that it's scary right it, it's okay that it's it's hard um but also acknowledging that my instincts which is to squeeze mm-hmm. and to control uh, is not going to get me the the result that i my instincts try to convince me it will, right? And so when right. you, again, maybe it's just be, having lived a little longer now, having more experience, having made the same mistakes over and over again to finally go, okay, it's time to start making different choices. Um, but I do think that's the that's the beauty of entrepreneurship is you at least get to try and experiment and see what works and what doesn't work. Even if you make the same mistake multiple times, you can still get through mm-hmm. it. You can still learn from that and 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 be a better business owner and maybe even a better person um, from those those types of lessons, uh, I guess, along the way. But I, I do think, Erica, you, you're saying like not everyone does feel safe. Not everyone does have self-confidence because of the multitude of factors uh, that might be experiencing that. But I, I, I do believe everyone can move forward to improving in those side of things in whatever way they need to sort of improve on that. And I think it start again, it starts with, I don't, I don't know everything as much as I think I do, right? Like I just, whether it's who you are as a person, the reality of the situation around you, the reality of your business, the reality of the world. Like I I just, maybe I I keep thinking about it tying into self-awareness, but when we have that self-awareness to be able to kind of see, oh, here I am, here's how I'm reacting, here's my patterns, here's the things I'm doing, um, is that getting in the way of me being able to let go, to be able to flow, to be able to learn, to be able to grow. And again, easier said than done. And I know, like you said, a lot of people have different challenges there, but I think that's that's sort of the path we, whether you realize it or not, as an entrepreneur, you're going down. uh, Mm -hmm. Because if you're not staying open to that that path of growth and and that path of learning, um, in whatever way it looks like for you as an individual, then... um, Running a business might not be very fun for you. No. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, it is a privilege to be able to be present, to have sense of self and what's what's happening around me. And, and you know, let me check in with the self-awareness of how mm-hmm. I interact with the, the people and the things and the situations around me. Um, and I think that even if you can't access that, that there is a place within yourself that you can work on. And sometimes that's the safest place that we can be. And, you know, what you mentioned, I think is important as well. Cause I mean, when we talk about the beginner's mindset, you know, you're working with people and their money, you have team members that work with people and their money. And it is important for you to remember it and to model it for your team and then for that to be able to be passed down to the clients. And so, you know, is there anything that you think 
um, how can I put it? Kind of like that, that, that may be one thing, if there is even one thing that is kind of feeling like, yeah, if I could really just share this one thing or prompt this one question to you when it comes to having this beginner's mindset that could help when it comes to your money and running a business, does anything come up? Well, I, I, when you talked about like the relationship we have with our customers, I think what we try to remember, and I think this is something you in India did a really good job of when we, you know, when we've done work with you and going, this is new for you, right? right? Like you may have never done anything like this before and rem- not assuming that like we speak the same language here and you know everything I know. Um, because especially when you're working within your zone of genius, you it becomes so commonplace for you that you forget, oh, other people aren't aren't thinking about these types of the things I'm thinking about on a daily basis because this is my work. Right. Um, and so that's something I think is easier for us to remember out of all finance because uh, money is such a vulnerable topic for business owners and non-business owners alike, you know, whether it's your personal finances or your business finances, it's just, there's a lot of, um, a lot of emotions connected to that. We'll say that, um, we know makes people feel vulnerable. And so staying connected to that, like the way we talk to our clients, the way we interact with our clients, like remembering beginner's mindset, how would we want this explained to us if this were new, if this is the first time we've heard about the S-Corp strategy, or this is the first time we've heard about um, managing these types of expenses, or this is the first time we've we've kind of heard about profitability discussions and, and what it means to have a profitable business, like whether it's the nitty gritty accounting or sort of the, the financially backed business strategy, just remembering that, oh yeah, we're the experts. The reason people are coming to us is because they're acknowledging I this isn't something I, I understand or it's not something I'm good at or it's not my zone of genius like it's yours. So just remember, be gentle, be, be kind, be, be aware of the fact that, uh, be aware of where someone else might be coming from as a client when interacting with us so we can create an experience that leaves them open to developing that that beginner's mindset and and feel seen and feel supported in a way that allows them to actually grow in this realm, which is something we're really proud of when a client says, I used to avoid looking at my numbers and used to have panic attacks around it. And now I'm like looking at my reports every month and I know I have profitability goals and they're doing all the, all the things that mm-hmm. we, we feel like every business owner should be doing. Um, I, I think a big part of the reason we get there is, is, is reminding ourselves what it means to be a beginner with our expertise, uh, right. what, it, what it means to talk to someone who's had very limited exposure to our our zone of genius so to speak and and what's the angle we take there to make sure that they're being talked to and worked with in a way that allows them to go oh cool like you get that you understand that and i don't think it that's unique just to finance or bookkeeping or accounting or anything like that if you have a business where you're interacting with your customers in any shape or form and you're developing a relationship, you're teaching them, you're guiding them, you're advising them, whatever it is, 
I, I just don't know how having a little bit of that reminder of that beginner's mindset, what it's like to be a beginner on the other side of your expertise, I just don't see how that could possibly hurt your customer experience or, or hurt your business as a whole. I agree. I'm like, here, here, <laughs> here, here, all of that, because yes, because just yes, we, we're all trying to figure it out and having somebody treat you like, oh, why don't you know, is never helpful. So, well, and again, yeah. when we worked with you in India, we had never worked with a, you know, with with DEI consultants, and it was one of our very first, even just leadership conversations that we've had with anyone outside of just Corey and I. And I felt like you two made the space for us to be like, hey, this is new. You've never done this before. We may talk about things you've never talked about before, and that's cool. And just saying those things and acknowledging that I think allowed us to have some really great conversations that helped Corey and I to learn and grow because we kind of gave our, you gave us permission to be like, Hey, India and I know this stuff really well. You don't. That's right. cool. <laughs> Share. Let's talk. And it's all good. Whatever happens here, it's all good. And I think that's not something you should just assume in your interactions with your clients. I think being explicit about that, having that be part of your branding, part of the onboarding experience, what, however your sort of offer works, I, I think that um, I think that goes a really long way. Not only in our business, business, but again in working with you in India, I felt like um, you know just thinking back at that, how important that was for us to actually do great work together and feel comfortable with the conversations we were having. I love that. Thank you, and I'm glad that you felt that way and that we could provide that space because it, it, it was, it felt beneficial for everybody involved. Didn't feel like, Oh, we're just coming to tell you stuff and you're not going to listen. Or it's only about what can you extract? It, it felt, you know, like a positive experience for everybody. And that's really what I think is so important for any type of working dynamic. No one should feel as though they're only there to extract and well, so I think that makes a difference. Don't get me wrong, Erica. We were there for you to talk to us and tell us what to do and like guide us. But I think it's so much. And a lot of our clients come to us for the same thing. But that openness, again, that reminder of that that beginner's mindset, I think really allows you to make more of an impact, have more, get more results and more yes. connection. And, and yeah, I, I think it's, uh, again, something... We will continue to reflect on with our our experience with our customers, and I would highly encourage anyone listening to to maybe reflect on that with their their own customer experiences as well. All of that. So I know we have been talking for a while, and before I let you go, I have one last question. Sure. And that is, if there is one action that you would like the people that are listening in or reading the article to take in after this episode to create change, what would you like that to be? Oh my goodness, that feels like a really big responsibility, Erica. That feels <laughs> you like... handle people's money and now you're going to run from a question? Really? <laughs> you let people give you their whole money and be like, here, you t take care of this for me. You, yeah, okay. You so, got this. <laughs> so what do I want people to like kind of take, a, be able to take some action from this? Yes. So, I, I mean, personally, oh God, this is, this is heavy. I think on the personal side of things, part of, that beginner's mindset is being open to questions and being open to think differently about 
your personal values, your personal beliefs, your personal view of the world, being open to those questions. And if you have someone to talk through those questions with, I think having conversations about that and seeing if you can remain open, even if you feel really strongly about something and think you know it, being open to conversations with someone you would trust to maybe question those things and think about it from a place as if you were a beginner. And then I think on the business side, what we kind of just talked about, um, just reflecting on, you know, if you're, if you have customers who are coming to you for the first time on a solution, or even if you're not the first provider or educator or whatever your business is that they've gone to think about how do you create an experience for them that really allows them to be that, be uh, free to be that beginner with you and not have to hold any pretenses or put up any walls and allow them to be that beginner with you so they can grow and learn as well. I'll does, take that, all day. does that work? I feel like the yes. first one was a lot. It's like, let people question everything you believe about yourself <laughs> in the world and then go think about your customer journey. I feel like the first one is a much bigger <laughs> ask. So, well, But here's the thing. You didn't say you have to do it and you have to feel great about it. Some of it's not going to feel great, but it's also part of our growth. Yeah. So it's okay. They, they, even if you have to take small bites, that's okay. You can still, you can still devour it, and you can get through it. You got this. So, nope, I'm gonna take it. I like it. I like yeah. all of it. So, <laughs> again, for being here, greatly appreciate you. Please tell the people where they can find out more about you over at Evolve Finance. Yeah, if you just want to go to evolvedfinance.com, that's E V O L V E D finance.com. Um, go to our website. We have uh, free materials. Financial inclusivity is one of our values, one of the values that we discovered working with Erica in India. Um, <laughs> and the it, big part of uh, for us is about the idea that financial education is something that's been hoarded for a long time. Uh, we want to make this financial education more available to more people. So we have a free audio course you can check out. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, we, we drop a lot of uh, extra content there that's, uh, I think, really helpful uh, for online business owners. And then you can also follow me on LinkedIn because I share a bunch of content there as well. All right. For everything that you shared, for all of that goodness, thank you, Parker. Thank you, Erica. Y'all, that was so good. <laughs> that was, like, I, I know that there was that point where Parker's like, people are going to be like, well, damn, is there nothing to know? Am I not an expert in anything? Or what does this mean? And it, it, I think that if you allow yourself to grasp on that point, you know, of course, that's what you're going to get. But the reality is, is that being able to be open enough to acknowledge that you don't know it all and there's so much to learn and you just want to be in process and to experience and to evolve. There's just so much beauty there. There's so much to experience. And that doesn't mean it's always easy. Um, that doesn't mean that everyone always feels safe or privileged or entitled enough to access it. But when and if you can, I definitely highly recommend it. And anything that you pulled from this episode, large or small, that is of support of you on your journey. I thank you for being open to receiving that from us in this conversation. So every time that you are open and willing to show up here, witnessing us having these real conversations that are normalizing the challenging things and making them a part of your everyday exchanges, I thank you. Together, this is how we can remove stigma and create real change and connection while crossing lines and recreating boundaries so that we can support, not separate. 
Together, let's get more people continuing to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?